Welcome to Tea for Two Dominas. I am Miss Sugar Spice and this is my delicious friend, Exacting One. We are two curvaceous, lusty dominas who live the BDSM lifestyle 24-7. We are active in the Melbourne BDSM and alternative lifestyle scene. We welcome you to a very kinky conversation. So make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Warning, this podcast discusses adult concepts and ideas and is intended for 18 plus listeners. If you are under 18, go away. Now. Hello, boys, girls, and others. It is us again, Exacting One. And Miss Sugar Spice. And today, we would like to talk to you about... My favorite topic. And what would that be? What What would that be? Um, Should I give you some hints? Mm. It in, it generally involves a key, mm-hmm. some sort of device, mm-hmm. and the inability to come. Oh, and there you have it, my friends. We're talking about chastity. <laughs> we are. So, what is your favorite thing about chastity? My favorite thing about chastity is actually the complete... Um, power exchange between the submissive and myself or in you know my case my partner and myself where he has relinquished his a right to any form of sexual satisfaction to me mm-hmm. and I'm then the one that decides when where how and why and if and if ever so we are you know we've, we've got a long-term relationship So we are very much practicing long-term chastity. And for us, it's it's probably one of the pivotal parts of our dynamic in that, um, you know, I decide when he gets any form of pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that might be a day, a week, a month, or a year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking long-term chastity. And it it was interesting because we went out a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to somebody about chastity because inevitably that always comes up in my conversations. I don't know why. It just sort of plops into my lap. I cannot imagine. Mm. So he was really concerned about long-term chastity and I questioned him as to why. Why? What was his concern? Maybe I could give him some advice. And he was very concerned about shrinkage ineffectiveness of his cock and you know the inability to be able to reach climax if he hasn't in a long time and actually that seems like a reasonable worry to me because the cock is is a muscle just like any other muscle Mm -hmm. Uh, if you don't use it do you lose it no you actually don't so and and the other thing i think is really important to discuss is that Long-term chastity does not necessarily mean that there is no pleasure, that there is no exercising of the muscle. But instead, you know, to us, it is it is that complete release of the ability to experience any any sexual satisfaction or any sexual pleasure without my express permission. Mm-hmm. So long-term chastity doesn't necessarily lead to, well, I don't believe it leads to any, any form of shrinkage or malfunction of the, of the ability for a male to get an erection. That being said, you know, if you're practicing safe and consensual chastity with somebody, 
then of course there are moments in time where you know we need to check that everything still works well yeah you know we for medical purposes we need to release so whether that be through milking or through prostate massage or you know through my favorite way of doing it which is a stolen orgasm yeah so we you know we we practice we have a we don't have a regular system but you know when i think about it which might be you know once once a month so i suppose you know we do sort of check yeah so so like once a month well whenever i think about it really once a month you know we might do you know i call it like a medical checkup but it's not really like i'm not playing nurse or anything i'm just making sure that mentally he's still in a good place that physically his body still functions that you know the muscle still works that there's still pleasure there um it could involve milking it could involve you know a full blown orgasm it could involve my favorite type which is stealing an orgasm um but I, you know and, and maybe you want to explain to the listeners what what that means to you what stealing an orgasm means yeah. to me it means an insane amount of fun so it is when uh, for instance my partner has been forbidden to come without my express permission but that doesn't mean that i don't torment him and try and get him to come mhm he's just not way up to So it might be that I put some shiny clothing on and I rub my my myself up and down his naked body or you and, know And for those of you that don't know, Miss Sugar Spice's uh partner is a serious latex slut. He is. He Any anything is. shiny and he's just like, "Oh, this is true." But but so stealing an orgasm for me is when he's been told he 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 may not come. That that there's no question about it. it doesn't matter what i do to him in the next you know 30 40 50 minutes 2 hours day whatever that he may not come and then i will do everything in my power to make him come and then when he does cuz males are very touch orientated and so you know i have an experience in orgasm from a male body but from my understanding is like when the point of ejaculate comes they have a moment of stillness to enjoy it i don't allow that i just mm-hmm. keep that vibe going or the movement or whatever and so it effectively gives them the release but not the pleasure okay and it's the same with milking or with prostate milking so they get the release but they don't get the same level of pleasure although prostate milking you know from my research has been you know many people say that it's it is pleasurable but it is more of a medical function to release you know the testicles of 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 their load okay yes but stealing orgasms that's my favorite thing in the whole wide world so having spoken to your submissive or your partner about this mm. i was really interested to hear what his take on it was what he got out of it because it's a whole lot about what he doesn't get out of it. I mean, that's the whole purpose of it. Mm. But you know, he talked about the anticipation and the hope and it keeping him centered and yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting to hear from, you know, from his point of view that it gave him a lot. It didn't just take away. Mm, absolutely. And it does give it does give him a lot and it allows him to focus on our relationship rather than on sexuality and it allows him to 
I believe that it allows him definitely to be a better submissive because he is focused on me, not on himself all the time. Now, you know, that I'm not saying that being focused on yourself is not a great thing, but we all know that person who goes home and wanks every day and, like, you know, is very self-indulgent sexually in, in terms of, you know, their pleasure matters most. Now, there are people, of course, that that's not true for. But, you know, when you have that ability to pleasure yourself or come taken away from you, it heightens any sexual experience that you then have. Well, and I look at a submissive being able to masturbate in the same way that I look at viewing porn long term. Mm. I think that when the vast majority of your sexual activity is self-focused and, and self-induced, you start to get unrealistic ideas about mm. what you expect of your partner. Mm. And that's not to say that your partner can't or shouldn't learn what pleases you best, but they get this attitude of, oh, having sex will take this long, and especially like with women, I'll have to shave and, I'll, you know, blah, blah, do all this stuff, and I'll just, I'll just rip one off myself. Mm. And it changes the way that you think about it. So from that regard, I can really agree with the the idea of chastity. Mm. But in my case, um, I do require my submissives to be monogamous to me. Mm. Um, And they are not allowed to come unless they are given express permission. And that's whether they're in my presence or not. Mm. Mm. And and it's it's different for different dynamics, you know, and and I I suppose – I do want to touch on chastity without devices because a lot of male submissives think and believe to their very core that to be chased to somebody, they must wear a device 24-7, seven days a week, and it must be locked. And the only person that can hold that key is their mistress or key holder. Now, my idea of chastity is a, a little bit different in that chastity cages, devices, belts, they're amazing. They're very sensual. They're very, um, you know, they add an extra layer of alertness for the person wearing them. But if you are in a true dom-submissive chastity situation, you shouldn't have to wear a cage to remain chaste. Well, and that's always been my attitude. Mm. And and I, I have to admit, I, I am starting to swing a little bit in the other direction. I'm a lot more open to chastity devices than I was in the past. Mm-hmm. But I would still require my submissive to to be chased outside of my, you know, my direct area. But mm. also, you know, when they're with me, because I'm going to tell them if we're going to have sex or if we're going to play or, you know. Mm. And it's funny because I got into a discussion with somebody the other day about about my attitudes and, and the things that I think about lifestyle. And that's a whole different show. But um, I think that if I tell a submissive that he is going to be chased, I, I'm not going to negotiate with that with him. He will either do that or or he will not belong to me. That's, mm-hmm. that's not up for grabs. If I say, outside of my presence, you will not engage in a, a sexual activity of any kind. Mm. That's, that's not something I'm willing to negotiate. Mm. Mm. And I agree 100%. Like that's, that's a whole part of our dynamic. But 
that I own. Well, I own his cock. It's not his cock. It's my cock. Exactly. And I also – well, and ownership is the – you know, I, I struggle with the word own. But, you know, in this situation, it's it's mine. Like, it's my possession, my belonging. Mm-hmm. So, the you know, the cock is mine. And I decide when he gets to use it, when what he gets to do with it, and for how long. So that's just a fundamental part of our, our, our dynamic. It was negotiated at the very beginning. It's a discussion point whenever we have a, you know, a, a sit down and discuss to make sure that it's still okay. But that is the situation. Well, and, uh, you know, for me, I'm very clear about these things in the beginning and that those points are non-negotiable. Mm. You know, there's there's a lot of things that I will talk to a submissive about and, and to get their read on and, and how they feel about it. But I'm there are certain things that I'm not going to negotiate. If you want to belong to me, then you will. Mm. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. And I get all of that. Somebody said to me not too long ago, like, you know, this is our first meeting and you brought that up. And I said, yes, I'm very direct. I tell you right off the bat what, you know, what my rules are, what I think about things. And you either agree or you don't. And I'm not going to get attached to you until I know for a fact that we've, we are in agreement on the key points. Mm, mm. So, yeah, chastity is just non-negotiable with me. Mm. But but I but never looked at it. Chastity and monogamy are different. Yes, but I require them not to be sexual, not to engage in any sexual activities outside of my presence. Mm. Mm. So it is both monogamy and chastity. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I never thought of it as chastity because it wasn't a cage. Mm. You know, mm. like I never, I mean, if I had sat down and thought about it, I would have connected the dots. Yeah. But it, I just always went, well, that's my rule. <laughs> mm. Mm. You know, whereas as for us, like chastity is a, is a, a huge turn on for both of us. And it is a, it, it's a, it's a frame of mind. It's not necessarily a device. So, you know, uh, my partner can wear no cage for weeks at a time, but I know that without a doubt that that cock is not being touched uh-huh. and there is no sexual gratification occurring because I haven't given permission. So there are occasions where I will, you know, be like, hmm, you can go and look at some, like, shiny latex photos and get yourself all worked up and then you can edge for an hour. That's when I'm feeling really generous. <laughs> but exactly, you know, it is at my express, it's because I want it, not because he wants it. Yeah. I do quite love it, though, when he grovels and, and, and asks for it. And, you know, that's just a part of our dynamic and our play that that he will ask if it's okay to go and look at some, like, like shiny pictures or some, you know, latex porn or something, and I will you know, decide yes or no. Now, there's a there's a question. You, he, he's a, a professional photographer, a yep. kink photographer. Yes, he is. And sometimes, um, example, just recently he shot that award show yep. where everybody there was going to be in fetish gear. Yeah. And you didn't go. Nope. And so, or when we were out at that club, mm-hmm. 
last week or whenever it was. And there were a lot of people there in fetish gear and, and latex and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing what a latex slut he is, mm-hmm. I was was kind of laughing internally and thinking, oh, this is going to be so uncomfortable for him. Because mm-hmm. it's like he's walking through mm. one of those latex magazines, you know. Mm-hmm. So how does how does that affect you guys? It doesn't because when he's doing his photography, he's, he's professional. Mm-hmm. So he does have the ability to... But yeah, he's got great self-control, and it, it's not that he – I don't believe that it's that he, that he turns off the – like, you can't turn off a part of your brain that turns you on. Well, I don't believe he can anyway. But he maintains professionalism at all times. So when he was at the awards photographing people in their lovely kink gear, you know, he's, he's working. That's, mm-hmm. his, that's his job. And so while it might look pretty, he has a task at hand, and that is to photograph them to the best of his ability. And likewise, when we go out to clubs, most of the times when um, we go out, he's in top space Mm -hmm. because his bottom space is very personal and private. So there are very few people that have seen him in his submissive state because it is a, a private and personal thing. It's not a public play. It's not a play scenario that we have ever explored in public. It's something that happens behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. So when we go out to clubs, he's in top space. So he looks at the shiny pretty and all he wants to do is be a sadistic bastard and tie them up and poke them and prod them. <laughs> so, you know, he's, yeah, so he's learned to control, I believe, the things that turn him on to the way the expectation that I have of him to behave both in public and in private. Well, I was I was just about to say that, you know, maybe what it is is that it's not that he turns off what turns him on, it's that what turns him on even more is the the dynamic you have going on between you. Mm, mm. And I have to admit, like, I do like to walk up behind him and go, oh, my God, did you see that ass in that latex? Like, you could see everything. It was so shiny. And you can, he groans a little bit and, like, you know, I know he's trying very hard not to look at it. But, you know, that's a, sort of a part of our playfulness that I can do that. Of course, I don't do that when I know he's – of course, I don't do that when I know he's chopping because you need to be in a particular space. I, I forgot to mention, um, we are actually recording uh, on site right now. On uh, location. On location mm. at Miss Sugar Spice's super secret honey hole cave. Mm. And um, yes, some some wildlife is is uh, making themselves a part of our podcast here. So, mm. so if you hear dogs and birds and other things... That's because we're on location. We are. Mm. And it is a beautiful location. Thank you. Very nice. I do think that it's your dynamic that does it for him more than anything. Mm. It's not that the latex doesn't still turn him on. It's that it is so important to him for you to be happy Mm. and, and, you know, to fulfill your dynamic that he just... Mm. I agree. I agree. But I do fantasize about people just going up and swooshing him. But, you know... Consent. I've actually been shopping for a latex dress Have lately. You? Yes. 
My problem is that most of them seem to come from China and are built for pencils. I need mm. to I need to find like maybe a local maker or something. Oh, there's a local maker. He's very good. Okay, cool. Mm. Who's we'll, we'll have to put you on to him. Oh yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because um, I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe I will give it a try. It's I've actually never worn latex before. Mm. I, have you got latex gloves? Well, like dishwashing gloves. No actual kink gloves no maybe you should start with a pair of gloves because they're pretty cost effective mm-hmm. and they're a really good way to find out whether you actually enjoy latex okay mm. so mm-hmm. you know it's a small investment for for you know what considerably because your hands are in latex has a maximum effort effect mm-hmm. effect on people who like latex Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started with gloves, and then I moved on to a skirt, and then I moved on to a shirt, and then I moved on to a cape, and then I moved on to a dress, and then I got myself an amazing purple catsuit, which unfortunately had a massive blowout. Oh. <laughs> and now I have to get myself a new one. Well, I've always felt to – I don't know. All, all your talk about latex has, has finally seeped through my hard – leather core or mm. two or, or you know th- whatever that is my casing line. yeah your facade 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 yes. <laughs> i can't english today <laughs> i don't know why i can't english today well i have in my closet like tons of black leather mm. pants skirts dresses gloves boots i even have a custom made evening gown mm. and for me, it's always been black leather, black leather. Just mm-hmm. the smell of leather alone makes mm-hmm. me pedal. But yeah. but I don't know. Lately, I've just been thinking, hmm, maybe latex would look good. Mm. And I actually feel really self-conscious in it because, you know, this body has borne a child and mm. Mm. Is, is not so young anymore. But especially after the last night out at the club, I've gone, you know what? I am denying myself something I would like to give a go because of of these outdated and, and inappropriate ideas mm. about my own femininity. Mm. So you should try it. Start I've, with a little pair of opera gloves. I love opera gloves. Well, they have latex opera gloves, and mm-hmm. they are amazing. They're amazing for play as well. Mm. Just the sensation and like, look, no mess. <laughs> it's like wearing sexy dish gloves. Hmm. And I've just had a whole little thing flash through my mind as you've said that. <clears throat> so yeah, so chastity mm-hmm. is my thing. It is your thing. And apparently it is kind your of my thing, thing too. Well? I'm just, you know, don't necessarily use all the devices. Mm. We have lots of devices, so You know, just I suppose we should touch on devices because there are so many on the market. And I Mm. know that a lot of people, you know, they they buy what is popular rather than what suits them. So, you know, we have we have a an everyday cage. We have some play cages, some really heavy metal play cages that are just there to remind. Mm. remind him exactly who that cock belongs to 
and then we have a custom-made belt which he sleeps in commonly known as his pajamas <laughs> and um you know we've we've played around with some cheaper devices i suppose the thing is that you you have to think what it's it's got to be comfortable if you're wearing it long term um you know some of the heavier devices while they look as hot as fuck you can't wear them long term because they are un- uncomfortable or they you know rub in the wrong places and you know we were we did try quite a few of their more popular brands but we ended up having to get custom because they're just not built for him mm-hmm. so you know the important thing is to follow the manufacturer's instructions and measure yourself and make sure that you know it's going to fit because there's no use trying to stuff an 8-inch cock into a 3-inch cage yeah <laughs> likewise and you said 8 inches not 18 inches, right? <laughs> I, I said eight. Yes. Eight. Eight. <laughs> but likewise, there's no use trying to stuff a three-inch cock into an eight-inch cage. Oh, yeah. Because it does nothing. So the the physical appeal to me is that that cage has got to be stuffed full of cock. And so there are many great um, suppliers and if you'd like to know some some of the suppliers that we've had really good um, experiences with, just send us an email and we will send you the link. Well, I think that's about going to wrap us up for today. Mm-hmm. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> Best talk ever, Chastity. And we will chat with all of you again soon. Mm-hmm. We certainly will. In the meantime, stay kinky. So we'd like to thank you for joining us for our kinky conversations today. And we'd like to start by thanking all of our kinky supporters. Classic Ties held at the club on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Southeast Bush Bunnies for when you just need to be naked in nature and all tied up. JS Alternative Photography, Lux Latex and Leather Polish and Care. And the club, Melbourne's only dedicated kink venue. For further information on these businesses, please visit our show notes.